everybody, welcome to episode 250 of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion, and on today's show, we are going to recap our results from week three in the NFL, hit on some interesting stats and storylines. Joey, how did week three go for you? I personally did not, you know, even witness a single snap of football. It it was pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, I hardly watched any football as well. Uh, We were both busy yesterday. And just in terms of how my week went on DraftKings, it wasn't a great week. I did not cash in cash games. Didn't really have any good tournament lineups either. So yeah, just overall, not a great week and no no excuses. I, I just have to play better um, and, and have to be more focused as, as the week goes on. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, for me, this was like another week where I feel like I was I was close. Like I, I was on a lot of the right plays. I had Mac Collins as, you know, everywhere. And, you know, he ended up smashing at 3,300. I was on Derrick Henry. I was on Thielen as Max Leverage. And, you know, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook both fail. Like, I, I feel like I had the pieces. Chris Olave was one of my favorite tournament plays, as talked about on the YouTube channel. So I, I just, I had the pieces, but they weren't put together in the right way same as last week so scraped Mm -hmm. by with you know some minimal positive ROI but felt like it should have been a lot better but that's good you know back-to-back weeks where I feel like I'm you know having a really solid process and just missing on the lineup combos so I don't know man I feel like I'm I'm getting pretty close and it won't be too long before I bink one of these things yeah I mean hopefully you do because I 100% am not so (laughs) there's that just denying it mentally well, I, I mean, you got to focus up, dude. You got to. That is, that is facts. That is that is factual information that you just uh, said. Yep. From a DraftKings perspective, the slate was very interesting. I, I think quarterback played out predictably. We had the three top performers end up being Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson, all 7,600 and above, you know, just further cementing the importance of paying up for these high ceiling quarterbacks in, in this era of fantasy football. You could say the same for tight end position with Andrews and Kelsey finishing one and two on the week. So, mm-hmm. you know, paying up at quarterback, paying up at tight end where these guys can separate so highly is is proving to once again be a great strategy running back continues to disappoint we're you know entering the third straight week where it's all mid-range running backs that are taking down every tournament so we'll see if that is a trend that is is here to stay and at wide receiver you know everybody busted at the top you know there were 10 wide receivers who finished with 20 plus points on DraftKings, and they were all priced 6k or below i mean six of them were priced below 5k so you know the the perfect lineup this week ended up leaving over two thousand of DraftKings salary on the board you know after being supposedly super tight all week we talked about mm-hmm. how tight the salary was and you know how how it was going to be a struggle to fit players in but when everybody at the bottom of the barrel goes nuclear and all the top options fade I, I guess it ended up not being that tight after all yeah I mean just a horrible week when Matt Collins and Devonta Smith and 
Hollywood Brown and Devontae Parker are like the top four wide receivers on the slate. You know, just a very unpredictable week. We saw immediately with some of the players that were scoring touchdowns like Jelani Woods. Shout out Jelani Woods, who scored two touchdowns, actually. Je- uh, Jeff Sw- Jeff Swain and some others scoring touchdowns early. Early, I already knew what type of slate slate it was. David Montgomery goes down, so yeah, the optimal uh, build was pay up at quarterback, pay down at running back, pay down at wide receiver, play Mark Andrews at tight end, and uh, pay down at defense. So if you ran that lineup, congratulations, you are probably a lot richer than both of us. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I, I had way too much DeAndre Swift that really hurt as he got injured as well. We'll talk about that later. We, we can get into some of the interesting stats and storylines from the week. And we, we referenced how the top of the player pool busted and it was just a horrible week for the high end wide receivers, right? Stefan Diggs was massive chalk, did not get there. Justin Jefferson has less than half the yards he had in week one over the mm-hmm. last two weeks combined. Cooper Cup has his lowest yardage total of the Matthew Stafford era in LA. Devontae Adams has over 100 yards less than Mac Hollins receiving. Just absolutely brutal for the top of the wide receiver position. I mean, does this impact the way that you're viewing the floor of these players or, or was this just sort of an anomaly week and, you know, it, it'll be no fear going forward with the top options? Yeah, I mean, we're we're obviously not fearing anything with the top guys moving forward uh just you know anything can happen on any given Sunday and this was a Sunday where all of the best options on the slate uh you know Stefan Diggs even Amon Ross St. Brown Tyreek Hill all of these guys underperformed relative to expectation so just a bad week for these guys I think that you know maybe bad quarterback play can lower the floor on some of the top guys like Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson maybe it's worse than what we expected but nonetheless they're still elite talents they're still every week starters and we're still going to play them on DraftKings every single week just because we we know the upside and ceiling is there but maybe we did uh underestimate how bad quarterback play or how bad bad teams could potentially impact these players' ceilings on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, no... Absolutely. Like we saw Devontae Adams come out in in week one, go nuclear, put up 33 points on DraftKings. And the assumption was like, oh, well, I guess there's no downgrade whatsoever. Overreact. Yeah. And clear cut because, you know, he had 10 catches in in that week one game and has had seven since uh, only caught five of 10 in week three, two of seven in week two. So I, I do think that, you know, poor quarterback play and maybe overvaluing Derek Carr and and Kirk Cousins with, you know, just assuming that he was going to bounce back because his bad game was only due to due to prime time. That was probably bad as well. So I, I don't know, man. I just I think maybe that is something that we will consider going forward and maybe will be a tiebreaker for us in situations where we're discussing, you know, digs and cup versus some of these guys on worse offenses. One of the reasons why the the low end of wide receiver was so good is because these rookies continue to shine. You know, this rookie class is proving itself to be extremely legitimate. Chris Olave saw 13 targets for the second week in a row, this time converting them into nine catches for 147 yards. So actually banks on some of the air yards and the opportunity that we knew that he would have in this offense. Drake London finds the end zone for the second week in a row. Garrett Wilson has 10 targets, ties for the team lead. 
in New York, Traylon Burks struggling, but, you know, finally earning a full-time role, running routes on 27 out of 29, Ryan Tannehill dropbacks, Romeo Dubs establishing himself with the Packers, looked like the wide receiver one, catching eight out of his eight targets for 73-1, and one. so, I mean, this does appear to be a legitimate class of, of top-tier wide receivers entering the league this year. Yeah, for sure, and, you know, I definitely think we're seeing a change just in terms of how teams use these rookies as well and they're getting them out on the field more early and often now than they were you know four five years ago and I think that it's probably beneficial for these teams to get these high capital rookies out there and get them accustomed to playing the NFL game and get them transitioned early and they all look really really good so definitely just going to have to take that into consideration moving forward a lot of these guys are like the top options on their teams right now and a lot of these guys are going to have pretty good target shares and the field might not catch up to how good these rookies are as it stands right now um you know, because a lot of people are in the mindset of they want to see results over a large sample to start playing certain players. But if you bet on that, or if you bet against that and play these guys on DraftKings while their price tags are still 6K and below, you know, you're you're probably getting an edge on the field there. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I talked about that on my top GPP plays video on YouTube and talked about how, you know, the opportunity was clearly there for Chris Olave. And, you know, just because he had all the air yards last week didn't mean that this was the week that he was going to go off, but he did go off this week. And, you know, you have to play those things before you see it to truly capitalize. New Orleans isn't on the main slate, so I don't know how big they they bumped Chris Olave's price tag, but I don't think we're going to get him under 5k again this season. So um, mm-hmm. hopefully you, you capitalized on that opportunity and you could have said the same thing about Garrett Wilson last week, dubs this week, like plenty of examples for these young wide receivers. But on the note of young wide receivers, I need to take an L, Joey. I need to take a huge L. And, and that is Darnell Mooney, man. I mean, I touted Darnell Mooney to the moon you know, very literally this offseason. He was my second highest owned wide receiver in best ball, had over 20% exposure to him on nearly 500 teams. And that's not looking too great because Darnell Mooney has four catches for 27 scoreless yards through three games. This offense (laughs) with the Bears is so bad that it almost defies reality. Like this dude, Justin Fields, hasn't completed more than eight passes in a single game. Like what year is this, dude? I I, I don't know. It's tilting my absolute face off because I know in my heart, dude, I know Darnell Mooney is a legitimately good NFL wide receiver. Like he would be flourishing in a good situation, but Justin Fields is quickly running out of rope to, to prove that he's going to be anything in the league. I don't know if it's the way that he's being coached or what it is, but this Bears offense is absolutely atrocious and RIP Darnell Mooney shares because that shit ain't hitting. That shit just ain't hitting. Yeah, I mean, it's 100% chalked for sure. I mean, that's just the inherent risk of drafting and being high on players uh, on bad teams, right? Yep. And we we talk ourselves into good players in bad situations every single year, and and it seems like we get the same outcome no matter what. So maybe that's on us for not 
realizing how bad this Bears offense could be, uh, realizing that Justin Fields just may not be a good quarterback and letting like his rushing upside blind us when we're thinking about, you know, real life football, comparing it to fantasy football. Yep, absolutely. And I think it's just a combination of bad coaching, bad quarterback play, just a devoid of talent at the skill positions, in my opinion. So when you combine all of those factors, you get what we're witnessing out of this Bears offense, and somehow they're still 2-1 and one on the season. So Yeah, so why would they change it? It's, it's actually working for them. It, crazy. Um, just absolutely crazy and super disappointing. For Darnell Mooney, hashtag free Darnell Mooney. Hopefully he ends up in a better situation sooner rather than later. But, you know, while we're taking L's on on best ball season, let's let's take a W as well. You know, got to pat ourselves on the back when we're right. And we were huge on Marquise Brown this offseason and the role that he would have in Arizona, especially to kick things off while the team waits for DeAndre Hopkins. And we finally saw him have that true alpha role, 17 targets in week three, 14 for 140, the second best game of Hollywood's career. And, you know, the raw target number obviously was boosted 17 targets that is a result of Kyler Murray setting a career high in pass attempts yesterday with 58, but still very encouraging to see Marquise Brown actualize into a legit alpha role, 29% Mm -hmm. target share. That's pretty good to see out of uh, Hollywood Brown. Yeah, definitely encouraging to see him finally have you know, this spike game that we thought he would have over the last few weeks. And he still has three more games without DeAndre Hopkins. And I think that you know, they're just going to start force feeding Hollywood Brown the ball. And then it also helps that the Cardinals offense is just horrible and they're going to be down in a lot of these games, uh, just kind of forcing them into pass centric game scripts. So that should help Hollywood Brown. And then it also helps that they legitimately just can't run the ball. And and James Conner looks like a, a total bust right now, which we also called uh, right before the season started. So shout out to us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty crazy that uh, a running back cemented right in the middle of the running back dead zone is busting, right? Who would yeah. have ever thought that? And I mean, on that same subject, since we're kind of talking about best ball right now, it's pretty obvious, right, that zero RB is going to ship everything this year. I mean, look, look at yeah. the top performers at running back every single week. Like this week, it was Khalil Herbert, Cordero Patterson, Derrick Henry in there. But other than that, you know, Jamal Williams, Singletary, James Robinson, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Pierce, like it's literally all the guys that you target in zero RB builds. Um, and, and it's been that way for weeks running now. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it on, you know, other pods and live streams and whatnot surrounding DFS and how tournament winners are paying down at running back and that's been the case on DraftKings for the last three weeks and at least to start the season. Uh, we'll see if the pendulum swings back to the top guys as the year goes on. Zero RB just looks like the best strategy. I mean, you mentioned a ton of guys, you know, you still got your Damian Pierce's, your CEH's and other players like that. And it's just the landscape of the NFL now. Like there's hardly any workhorse running backs left. There's a ton of committees. There's obviously a ton of injury risk inherently at the running back position. And the best way to capitalize on that is to draft late running backs. And, you know, it's it's working out. I, you know, DM'd you that the top eight running backs, the list includes Cordero Patterson, CEH, Jamal Williams. James Robinson is the running back two overall, Ben. <laughs> yeah, coming off of an football. Achilles. I should have been more on that, but like... <laughs> 
Jesus Christ, that's crazy. And Khalil Herbert is also a top eight running back. That's going to change after Saquon plays tonight, unless Saquon busts or, or gets hurt. But yeah, those five guys are in the top eight fantasy football running backs, and they were all being drafted round seven or later. It's only three weeks. It's still early. These dudes are not going to finish top eight, but that just kind of shows like from a week-to-week basis, these uh, cheap running backs are are kind of the move right now. Yep, going to keep riding that trend as long as we can and as long as people are continuing to dump ownership in the 7K range on, on DraftKings. We can close out the show. Injuries are, are going to be a factor in this coming week for sure. DeAndre Swift re-aggravated a shoulder injury and is expected to miss some time. We don't know exactly how much, but Jamal Williams, you know, two touchdowns yesterday, got 22 touches, put up 25 points on DraftKings. He's probably going to be massive chalk next week on DraftKings if Swift does end up missing. David Montgomery is currently day-to-day. Again, saw what Khalil Herbert could do in this spot. The lone bear worth rostering right now I think also 22 touches and and two touchdowns over 150 rushing yards looked very explosive Dalvin Cook shoulder injury not expected to miss but you know shoulders are definitely an injury that can be re-aggravated and Dalvin Cook has had multiple shoulder injuries throughout his career so you know I would be you know definitely making Alexander Madison a priority in season long if you're able to just for the potential re-aggravation risk with Dalvin Cook and, and Michael Thomas also exited the game yesterday which was a contributing factor to Olave's blow up performance yeah I mean obviously some notable injuries but it it sounds like David Montgomery Dalvin Cook and Michael Thomas should be good to go within you know this next week or so DeAndre Swift is really the only player that we're looking at that could potentially miss games and you obviously mentioned Jamal Williams and you know the upside that he possesses without DeAndre Swift I still think they'll probably play Craig Reynolds a bit which they did yesterday so it should still be a little bit of a committee but Jamal Williams role is obviously very good um especially in the red zone and at the goal line. So Jamal Williams, definitely a great addition if he's somehow on your waivers. Uh, He probably isn't and all these other guys I think should be should be straight yeah I mean I would also be looking to get Khalil Herbert um, regardless of David Montgomery status I mean he legitimately looked better you know like I I think that he might be better than David Montgomery I mean I think he personally is I think he definitely has more juice I don't think David Montgomery is horrible but I think that we could see this Bears running back room become like a 50-50 committee and uh shout out JJ Zacharyson he tweeted something last night he said that Khalil Herbert who scored 30.9 PPR points David Montgomery has never done that in his career he's never put up 30 yeah even even in that sun run for the for the final stretch two years ago wow he was he was sitting around like 25 28 yeah yeah I remember without bonuses without like an in regular you know full PPR Yahoo scoring Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah interesting to note for sure Khalil Herbert I think should be the priority ad this week and Joey that is going to be it for episode 250 of the DFS Dose podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Dose Media Net as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover. Joey is at Joey Carrion DFS. If you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with what is going on within the network, join our inner circle via the free Discord channel. You can find that in the show notes to this podcast. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic.